1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another React Roundup episode. This week on our panel, we have Justin Bennett. Hi, everyone. Lucas Heisch.
2: Hello, everyone.
1: Nader Devitt. Hello. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. And this week, uh, our guest had his computer crash, and it looks like he's just not going to be able to get on. So uh, we're just going to have a quick conversation about finding your dream job, which is something that I've been working on a product for. And yeah, just to just to start out, I'm really curious with you all, wh- what does a dream job even mean?
3: Um for me it's kind of like having a job where you wake up in the morning and you look forward to going to work as opposed to like not wanting to go to work if you want to make it as general as possible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair enough. I mean that that's generally it in in my so I'm going to talk about some of the things that are in the book, so if I say in my book a lot, I apologize but you know in the book i actually talk about this a lot and and that's generally the idea right is it's you spend so much time there you you want to be happy doing what you're doing what do you think Lukas?
2: yeah i have a, a similar position i think that dream jobs they they may change depending on your uh, life moment like i believe that sometimes you want a job that challenges as as much as much as it gets so you can grow and learn a lot Sometimes you're in a moment in your life where you want job that is more, uh, how to say, uh, more calm and and, mm-hmm. and secure. So I think it, it changes from from person to person and from time to time in your life. But mainly, like a job that that you feel that after like some months there, you're like a better person, like you're always growing. A place that lets you always grow as a person, as a professional, as everything. I think that's the The sweet spot.
1: You're you're talking about some of the things that I put into the book, but I found after talking to a lot of people that the things that you're talking about, yeah, uh, some of those matter more to some people than others. And it's it's interesting to see where people draw that line. What do you think,
4: Justin? So my idea of a dream job has always been something that like has some sort of impact, some sort of hopefully positive impact on the world. So, I mean, it is this like huge investment of our time and you know my earlier in my career i just like wanted to build myself up and like get as much skills as possible but now that i'm kind of like settling out and growing in more like leadership roles and things like that i'm i'm thinking more about like what is my impact on the world what is my footprint all this time that i'm spending what am i doing so for example my last job it was mostly advertisement and, you know, I'd wake up every day and it'd be like, you know, the ultimate end goal of success at my job is to drive more eyeballs to advertisement. Is like, is that what I really want to be doing? And eventually that answer was no. So I had to find something that had like a mission and a vision that I actually thought made the world a better place. And so when I think about jobs, that's what I want. I want some positive impact to society. Yeah. And I love that. And and that really lines
1: up with what I'm looking for as well. For me personally, I really was thinking about this and, you know, what am I trying to do with DevChat? Because I've been doing this for so long, right? And it's, okay, I'm going to go grind on podcast production, right? Why the heck am I doing this? You know, it's a lot of work. Sometimes it's not always fun. And, that, and that's what I came to as well was that I realized that I wanted to... For me, it's just personal freedom and then making a difference. And so, you know, on both ends of things, that's what I came to for DevChat was essentially, and this is a recent development, but uh, the mission statement for devchat.tv is liberating developers so that they can build cutting edge software that makes a difference. And, you know, that, I mean, that, that really hits like all of the things that matter to me and everybody kind of winds up in that position where, you know, right now my big problems might be financial. And so my salary might be the big thing. Or, you know, maybe I have a family member that has health problems. And so having a good health insurance plan is a major thing. And, and I tell people, so I ask, I ask a bunch of questions in the book and then essentially say, look, you get to pick three. You know, what are your big three that are going to make the big difference for you? And for some people, it is going to be the, I, I get to make a difference or I get to contribute or I get to solve hard problems. Or, you know, th- there are all kinds of reasons. But once you know that, then it changes your whole perspective on finding a job because then it's not, I'm gonna send my resume around to everybody. It's I'm gonna go find the companies that are doing what you know what matters to me, and then I'm gonna apply there. And and then what you can do is then you can start doing a more targeted job search. So then it's not, so I'm just gonna send my resume to those companies, but then it's you know, thinking about it it's a lot easier to get hired if i know the hiring manager or if i know some of the programmers that work at the company or things like that right and so then it's how do i get noticed by these people and how do i start to you know impact the equation that way so that when i actually come across their desk or my resume comes across their desk it comes across their desk with an endorsement or with some kind of hey this this person's really great or whatever. And this is especially true if you don't have anything else to sell them, meaning that you're a really new developer. And so that, that's kind of the focus. Um, I'm curious, since you're all fairly experienced folks, you know, of the last few jobs that you've gotten, how have you found those jobs? How have those worked out as far as both lining up with what you want and your, your ability to actually get into those jobs?
4: So, uh, yeah, I'm
3: interested to hear oh, about the Artsy sorry. process, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how yeah, you I can... got with Artsy? Because we were talking about, there's this uh, guy that I know really well named Therox, And I know he works with you at Artsy, and he's like a really big React Native person. And the whole team, actually, at Artsy is. So I'm kind of curious yeah, how you got to, to work with them.
4: Yeah, so... Early in my career, uh, honestly, recruitment or recruiters was like how I kind of got my foot in the door. And I leaned on them pretty heavily just because they could filter in a lot of opportunities and I could kind of pick from that uh, kind of what I wanted to do. So I used that to like really build myself up. And then after that, like I really focused on, you know, getting to what we're talking about now. It's just like figuring out, all right, where do I want to work? But for Artsy, it was just kind of a happy coincidence. So I try to. I try to pay attention to, like, what's going on. Like, you know, I check, like, GitHub jobs. I check Twitter. I just, like, keep my eye open if there's something on Hacker News, something that seems like an interesting opportunity. And that's kind of what happened with Artsy is uh, Orta one day just kind of posted this, like, hey, I'd like to have lunch with somebody and talk about JavaScript. And I was like... Okay, I want to have lunch with you. And that was that was basically how I kind of got in the door at Artsy, is just like through that first conversation. I will say that Artsy is a little bit unique in that we we value personal relationships and connections. And that's how we like to hire primarily. We we really like it to you know have people that you that you know or that you think a lot of will reach out to people that contribute to major open source projects and be like hey we love your work uh, we'd love to talk to you sometime and maybe that doesn't come from like you know they don't start working at artsey but we still try to build on those relationships so a lot of the hiring that we do is is kind of from relationships now granted we're all obviously open if people want to to join and we are hiring so you know there's that but uh, yeah, it's, it's more of a kind of a relationship-driven thing.
1: I, I have to say that most companies are that way. They're just a little more chaotic about it because they don't realize they're that way. <laughs> they'll, they'll hire the people they know, and yeah. then they'll go hire the people they don't know. And so, you know, in your case, going to lunch with Orta, I mean, that that really sets you up to get this job. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I outlined in the book is essentially doing the research Figuring out what company you want to work for and then finding somebody at that company and inviting them to lunch.
4: Yeah. One of the things I would say for like more junior people is don't be afraid to reach out to people. The people that you see on GitHub doing crazy things or on Twitter doing crazy things or on Medium doing crazy things, they're just people. You can reach out to them. If they're in your area or you can get to them, they'll probably will have lunch with you if they have the time. And these are resources. These are opportunities and take advantage of them. And if nothing, if even if a job doesn't come from it, there could be a relationship that's formed from that, that can really help you further down the line. And also keep in mind that it's not, you're not just like kind of trying to leech off of them and just get opportunities. Also kind of think about like what you could contribute back. And like, because like if you really work on relationship building, it can it can definitely redefine the path of your career
1: yeah well and the way that you're going to be the most effective even if you are trying to network network with people to get a job is by being that authentic person right so if if you're just in it to try and sell them on getting you a job they'll see right through it but if you're if yeah. you're in it specifically because it's hey look they're an interesting person anyway and so you know if i have a good conversation and learn some things about you know whatever in the process then you know that, that that's, makes a difference.
2: Lukas, how did you wind up where you're at? Yes, this is interesting. So when I, when I moved to, to the United States about a year ago, I was, I was working at B2W back in Brazil, which is a, a really big e-commerce company there. So the first thing that, that, that I thought was like, what, which places will I contribute well? Like I have all this knowledge about e-commerce, about front end and stuff. So I on one hand, I kept I, I try to understand where I would would have a great impact. What like which places can I call and say like I can help you? Because like I know a bunch of those stuff. And on the other hand, like which places I would like to go. So there are some markets that do not that I'm not interested in. There are some markets that I'm definitely interested in. So now at Zocdoc Doc is health tech uh, market, so it's a really interesting mission. Like it's, a, a, I I want to help people, <laughs> like, hundred percent, and and make and help help their their health. So it was a good combination of and and the the the, the website is very like e commerce like. So I thought like, okay, this is a good opportunity because I, I know I can contribute and it's a, it's a mission that I, that I really enjoy. So I reached out one friend, one friend of mine. He said that he, he knew someone from inside the company and mm-hmm. they referred me. And that's when the conversation started so i think it's 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 a a mix of those like what can I contribute like which places do, do does my skill set help and even if you're really junior if you're really junior usually people that are not junior they don't they, they have a time problem usually time is your uh-huh. is your is your problem when you're really junior, money <laughs> is really your problem, but time is not usually you have a bunch of time. So that's, that's how you can contribute. So even if you can't say, like, I can solve the business problems in your company because you don't have experience, you can help someone with their documentation of their open source libraries, you know, things like that. Because when you're young, you have time. And that's it. So I think everyone can find their, their skill set, things that they can contribute with, and try to leverage on on both sides try to find the places where you want and try to find the places where you can contribute and in this intersection Mm -hmm. yeah I i think
1: a lot of people kind of get it in their head that they you know that they can't contribute and it's really interesting you can find a lot of information out about a company and figure out yeah what what
4: you have to offer yeah, sometimes it's hard to get in the mindset. I mean, even you know, even as senior senior engineers, sometimes we uh, undervalue ourselves, mm-hmm. and, and it's really easy to do. And when I'm when I'm talking to like friends who are like trying to break into the industry, you know, I I, I kind of really encourage them to just like keep track of what they work on, like keep track of the things that they build. And you'll quickly realize over time, like how much that is, but you know, that's, that's kind of a really important thing though. Uh, So, you know, when you go into, when you go into a job, a lot of times they're going to ask you about an old project, like, you know, what have you worked on recently? What, Mm -hmm. what's kind of been an excitement thing an exciting thing and like not keeping track of that can be difficult to answer some of those questions, or you might just like throw something off the cuff that maybe wouldn't have been the best example. So like definitely keep track. Also, it can be a good uh, resume item, you know, some of those projects might be like really kind of epitomized the thing that you want to work on. So like really building that out uh, can help.
1: Yeah, the other thing is, is it also shows a certain eagerness to learn and a certain ability to take the initiative on projects if you're, you know, if you're doing that. One thing that I encourage people to do at the very beginning of the book is to contribute something to GitHub every day. And that way that uh, contribution tracker that you has on your profile page shows regular contributions. And from there it it makes it easier for a lot of the employers to just say, oh look, they're they're consistently doing something even though they, you know, they may not have a job, or they may, you know, they may only contribute to the corporate source code, which is all private, so it won't show up on the contributions list. It's like, look, they're making open, available, visible contributions. And you can also then use that and parlay that into, well, I heard you were using webpack you know a custom webpack setup and so i decided that if i wanted this job i should probably learn it too and then and that takes that shows some initiative it shows that you're interested in the job and it just it does a lot of things for you as far as that goes to be able to make those contributions that they want
2: yeah that's great i'm curious about nether how did you get the the gig you're now on
3: yeah so um the the job that i have is developer advocate and it's a really fun job so it's kind of like what i was doing like in my spare time was like speaking and writing and and doing blog posts and now i get to kind of do that as my full time job so for mm-hmm. me it's kind of the dream job but like uh the the way i got connected with them was they were building out this project called aws amplify and they were building out some react native stuff and i met someone that was uh, on the team and and since aws amplify is open source They asked me uh, like my opinion on something and um, I ended up helping them build out a demo project kind of like in my free time. So I spent a couple of weeks building it out, submitted uh, the pull request and um, they liked it and everything like that. And then after that, they reached out to me saying, hey, like we have this position that's open. Like, are you interested? So kind of like what you all were talking about earlier about contributing or, or building stuff and doing stuff. That's kind of how I got my foot in the door with with them. And um, I just, you know, had the uh, couple of interviews and stuff, and um, it, and then it kind of went from there. But um, I would say that the uh, the main thing that I would recommend, and and the things that have paid off for me, I think Justin was talking about having your work like be in the public, but basically just learning learning in public, and that basically means like every time you do anything, like create a new GitHub repo and just put it there, mm-hmm. even if it's not that impressive. Over time, you'll end up with this huge, like, amount of, of work that you've done. And, and and it just makes you stand out. And really, it's about standing out when you're looking to get a job, because there's going to be inevitably, you know, dozens of people that are going to have the same opportunity for you for a certain position. And you want to be the one that they want versus you having, you don't want to have to sell yourself. You, you're, uh, if you can kind of make your body of work stand on its own, then you kind of have to do less work and you get more opportunities and you can probably make a little more money as well. Yeah. And then, you know, not only GitHub, but you know, writing, it seems to, seems to be a good thing to do. Like uh, for most people, uh, I hear that they have good, you know, good experience as far as like getting jobs when they, when they actually start blogging and stuff.
0: Do you run your own freelance business or maybe you're thinking about picking up some business on the side? Well, then you need fresh books. Fresh is the quickest and easiest way to get invoices out to your clients. on the invoice that says pay me now. And it's a great way to grow your business. Plus, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day trial. That's right, 30-day trial if you try them out. So go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, for a 30-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section
1: yeah, yeah. i mean you're you're talking about a lot of people having that same opportunity, and that's true if they list the job publicly but if you can get to know people and then get in the gate before they list the job, then you compete with a much smaller pool of people but uh yeah everything you all uh, everything else you said is spot on
2: mm-hmm. one thing charles from the from the other side so now i've i've been doing a lot of interview interviewing now so mm-hmm. now I've been interviewing. And a lot of times we want to hire people, but we can't. Like a lot of times uh, it's like, there's no open position for that particular skill set for the particular. So one, one interesting thing, I don't know if you talk about that in your book is like, even when you, when you have a initial no, it doesn't mean that you won't be able to, to work for that company. Maybe it's like a like some months in advance, everything will work out. how how, how to deal with that? Like how, how do you know that part f- from the other side?
0: I mean,
1: again, it comes down to the relationship, right? If you have a good relationship, a good working relationship with the other folks, then you can, you know you can make that work to you adv- your advantage and just stay in touch. I mean, how do I put this? So generally, people in your position, uh, Lukash, where you're trying to hire somebody, you're super busy right because you're essentially working down a person right and so they're not going to keep up with you uh, you know to to let you know okay we opened up the job unless they really really wanted you in the first place and they're actively looking to find a place for you and that happens sometimes but uh, most of the time it doesn't most of the time they're just going to wait until hr allows them to open up the position and then they're going to you know and so if if you continue to follow up you know every every couple of weeks or something that that does a lot and most people won't feel like you're bothering them most of the time they're just going to be like oh they really do want to work here but then the other the other piece of that is you know let them know that you're building up your abilities right to to line up better with that job you know hey we we don't know if we have a position open that can take advantage of your skill set well what skill set are you looking for okay hey this week i worked on this project i added these couple of things in that you said that i was lacking into my project, and if you show enough initiative, a lot of times they're going to look at you and go, "You know what? They don't have everything they need, but man, they're sure willing to learn it." And and you know, so so you just give them a lot of reasons to hire you, mm-hmm. um, and then just be around. Right. The other thing that I I put forward, I really I, I I'm terrible at selling the book, right? Because I give away all my secrets on these shows, <laughs> um, but you know go into the office periodically go to lunch with them go go see if they have an open desk you know hey can i can can i just come work on open source in your office and if they see you around and they they continually hear about what you're working on and things like that it's going to set you up so that they either decide that they can overlook whatever shortcomings you have you know and say okay well, we're going to give you this position even though you don't quote unquote qualify for it or when the position does open up you're around you're right there And so they don't even go list the thing. They're just like, oh, yep,
4: that guy, perfect for it. And they hire you.
2: That's great. Yep.
4: So the other thing that I think is interesting in this kind of taking a deeper dive into these opportunities, instead of just like sending your resume in, but actually investing in relationships and really trying to get in the door is it'll pretty quickly tell you whether you really want to work there or whether you're looking for an opportunity. So if you're not excited to work there, you're not going to want to put in all that work. Yep. And you know that that that's really telling. Not that it's a bad thing to just like want an opportunity, especially if you're if you're junior and you're just trying to grow, you know, just searching for kind of any opportunity you can get is is okay. But, you know, having something that excites you enough or you really want to build relationships with the people and you really want to get in the door it it'll be both telling for your kind of growth path, like where you want to go. It'll show you kind of the companies you would like to work for. And also from the other side, when people are interviewing you, they'll they'll feel it. They can tell when you're talking to them, when you're having coffee with them. It's definitely a different experience. So if you, if you want to work at a place enough to do that, then, then definitely, you know, go all in because it can be a very rewarding relationship.
1: Yeah, just to add on to that, Natter talked about standing out. And, you know, you're talking about, hey, you know, if you really want this position, then you'll do this kind of thing. And to me, those are kind of the same thing, right? Because this is stuff that nobody does. Like nobody goes to this level of effort to get a job at a particular company. And so if you're doing the kinds of things that nobody else is doing, they'll know that you're really interested in it. And if you're telling them why, then it gives them reasons to get behind you when you know, when you start looking for those opportunities.
2: Do you think this apply even to, to, like, the big companies? Like, I see a lot of people, like, they want to work, like, in Google, Facebook. Does this techniques, do you think they, they apply or they need some changes when people want to go to these big ones? Well,
3: uh, I think they apply for sure. Because, <laughs> like, uh, the thing is, like, when you think of these big companies, you, you stop thinking of... Of these companies as actual people but really when you get down to it it's just people so like if you can Charles said find a way to meet these people then you build a relationship with them and then they get to know you and then like you have a much better chance of getting hired and I think the best place to do that and the easiest way to do that is through meetups and also just mm-hmm. uh, just finding people that work there and and like like Justin mentioned these people that you see on Twitter and GitHub and medium and things that you might look up to or just normal people and most most of the time they really like to help other people and that's what i've found so if you're if you're willing to put yourself out there and you might get rejected or not hear back from a couple of them but overwhelmingly you're going to get a response and overwhelmingly that response will will be will be positive and um, just building relationships is what it's all about
1: yeah overall it depends on the company and some of the bigger companies have very stringent hr policies as far as how and who they hire. But, you know, like Nader said, they're all made of people. Companies are made of people. And so if you can get the people on board, a lot of times they have some discretion as far as waiving some of that process and things. And so even if you find out, oh, and I, and I don't know if this is true of like Facebook or anything, but let's say Facebook, for example, let's say that they're one of these companies that has a really stringent policy. If, if you go in and you make your case, right? And then they go to, they'll go to HR and they'll say, look, this person doesn't, have you know the level of experience or a college degree or whatever it is that they've decided that is part of their policy, but we really feel like they'll make an impact, they'll go to bat for you. And so, you know, you just go out of your way to stand out, like we talked about, and give them reasons to go do that. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but at least then they can come back and and if they say, look, we really want to hire you, but the company insists on these things, then at least you know. The other thing is, is if they're if they can't hire you for procedural stuff, they'll usually become your advocate for for something else. And so, if they know of another company that works out well for you, or that they think you would really thrive at, or they know the hiring manager, or, you know, down the road at Google or whatever, then they'll put in a good word for you and they'll go go to bat for you there because they feel badly that you were the candidate that they wanted and they couldn't hire you anyway.
2: That's interesting. Yeah, and also, uh, yeah. One other uh, subject that I find interesting in that uh, in that regard is you. You sometimes you think you want to work for a company, mm-hmm. and how 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 do I gather uh, information that I that I that I actually like? Is this is this the, the 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 correct decision? Like a lot. I've been in a situation where I was in a in an interview, and in the middle of the interview, I realized that that mm-hmm. that was not the 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 right the right thing to do so how how do you get that that like how do i get more information right. you said that it's key that i, I know which companies mm-hmm. i want to go like how do i get more information to really know if if that's the case or even like discover new things that i that i didn't know
1: right so in the book i basically outline how do you how to you find your top three is what i call them your top three in finding a job and so you know for a lot of people, salary is going to be one of those top three and then yeah you know if if you've had a bad experience with a boss or corporate culture or something, you know, that, those might make your top three, right? So you, you know what those three things are that you just aren't will, willing to negotiate on. And then you can start to formulate the questions around that. You know what, what do I care about and how do I find it out? The best place to find most of this stuff out is people who work for the company. And so again, you know, going back to building relationships with people in the company, you know, get interested in them and then you can ask them all kinds of questions about the company. And you can start to find out, you know what, so I hear there's an open position, so and so is the team lead, you know, what are they like? How does that team operate? You know, if, if that's one of your issues, or, you know, what's the corporate culture, you know, what kind of hours do they expect you to work? And so you can start asking them these questions, and you can get an idea of what, you know, what that what that looks like. And most companies expect you to be asking these questions anyway. So when you go in for an interview, or if you Show up at the office. You know, one of my tricks is I tell people print print off your resume, go into the home office, and ask for the person doing the hiring, and hand deliver your resume, and then just chat with them for a minute and get to know them a little bit. You know, so if you're doing that again, you can kind of ask questions. You also kind of get to see the lay of the land. You know, is it an open office? Do they have cubicles? You know, all that kind of stuff that you're going to find out. But you put yourself in a position to find that information out from the people who are actually there, and then. You can also get a lot of information, especially if your top three include things like salary and uh, benefits and stuff like that. A lot of that information is on glassdoor.com. And so you go into glassdoor.com and you enter your, you know, to get access to all the information, you actually have to put in past work information. But yeah, they have, people have entered their salaries anonymously. People have left feedback on the benefits. And so it's like, yeah, we got all these days for time off and, you know, things like that. You know, you can also ask them who they're, Health insurance provider is, and you know what what plan they're on, and then you can go look that up and make sure it covers your doctor or whatever if you really care about that. But anyway, so you can you can figure that stuff out um, as far as like salary and benefits. But the rest of it, you know, am I going to hate myself for working with these people? You, you can't find that out without actually talking to people. And uh, so, yeah, again, uh, going back to earlier in the conversation, you go figure out who works at the company. I use LinkedIn for that, actually. I, I go into LinkedIn, you can do a people search, you can say people who work at this company, and then you just connect with them, you send them a message, and it's like, "Hey, look, you know I've done a little bit of research on your company. It looks like a great place to work. I was wondering if I could buy you lunch and ask you a few questions." And then you just have that conversation with them over lunch, and you know you ask them those questions and find out. But then uh, you know, it costs you whatever lunch costs, you know 10 bucks, 20 bucks. To find out you know what I really don't want to work there and so you put your effort towards somebody else or you find out this place is perfect for me and then that's also equally valuable because then you you can double down on your efforts but yeah you got to talk to people who work at the company that that is easily the best way to find find out and if you're remote what I recommend to people is that you you set a time a week out and you just say hey look I'm gonna buy you coffee virtually now I'm Mormon I don't drink coffee but you know you get the picture right. I'll go get a hot chocolate at Starbucks. But then you mail them a $5 Starbucks card or something. And that way they're totally willing to jump on and talk to you for, you know, for 10 minutes or 20 minutes, you know, because you did something nice for them. And, you know, just have the conversation over Google Hangouts or whatever. And just do the same thing.
4: Another uh, good thing to think about while this isn't directly related to getting hired but as you're reaching out to these people especially if they're people you admire or they're working in jobs that you would like to be in even if you aren't able to get the job keep them in mind as a potential mentor Mm -hmm. Uh, somebody who can maybe open other doors someone who you can learn from um, someone who can, you know, potentially challenge you to grow or challenge you to, to do certain things to maybe bridge the gaps that maybe prevented you from getting that job or maybe prevents you from getting another job. It's something that I think is is underrated a little bit. But like having a good mentor can really open a lot of doors. So as you're talking to people, as you're building relationships, which you should be doing, really focus on is this somebody who you know I could build a relationship and then who could like help me, you know, go further in my career. And again, like a mentor mentee relationship, it's it's a give and take. If you're just like wanting something and that's how you approach the conversation, it's gonna show through and that's a little disingenuous. You should be kind of open to learn and really interested in the person and you know interested in, in helping them in some way. Just like keep that kind of open mind as you're going into these relationships. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, as far as some of the mentorship
1: goes, some of it could be as simple as, hey, I wasn't able to get hired at your company, but I interviewed at this other company and they seemed really keen on this technology I've never heard of before. You know, what's your opinion on it? And then they can give you a really quick assessment on that. You know what, they're crazy to require that. Or, you know, that's a really old technology. It's probably not worth your time. Or, hey, that's the new hot thing. And a lot of people are going to be asking for that. So maybe it, it is worth it spending time on and then you can help them learn it you know like like Justin said you know then there's that that give-and-take right where you can make it worth it to them or you can hey I really appreciate it you know and then do something nice for them.
2: Charles so it it seems that from this conversation that that we had now that social skills are really important right Mm -hmm. it's all about relationships it's all about like uh, reaching out helping people what about, like, some people have a lot of difficulties with that. Like, some people have more difficulties in in, in, being, in reaching out. And how, how, how can you overcome this, this, this issues? Like, what are good tricks or ideas or anything like that?
1: For me, I mean, everybody's a little bit different. So, you know, whatever it takes to motivate you is going to be different for me. For me, I just, I, I just have to put a number out there, right? I'm going to reach out to so many people. If it's easier for you to do it like in person, then, you know, users, groups and conferences are much better for that, you know, but you you just, you just kind of have to be willing to go out and do it. If you're not good in social situations with other people, period, the end, then I, I have bad news for you. Software development has gotten complicated enough to where you will be working on a team with other people and you need to learn to deal with other people. If you can't do that, it doesn't matter how how good a programmer you are anymore. They'll eventually get tired of dealing with your garbage and they'll let you go. So, you know, to a certain degree, you have to have a certain level of social skills. Now, as far as like having the gumption to go out and actually, you know, essentially do a cold call or a cold email, most people see that as showing initiative. And most people are actually totally willing to help other people, especially if it doesn't cost them very much. Mm -hmm. Right. So, if you offer to buy them lunch, it doesn't cost them very much and they get a free lunch, you know, or you, you know, again, you know, you you virtually buy them a, a coffee or whatever, same deal, right? And so then it, it also lightens a little bit of that social pressure because you've already reached out and offered to do something for them. And, you know, and so you've already done something nice for them in exchange for them doing something nice for you. And that's what a lot of relationships are anyway. I mean, you know, my wife and I, we do nice things for each other. And, uh, you know, it, it's not transactional. It's just the way it is. And uh, a lot of these outreach forms of outreach are very much the same way. Right.
4: Yeah. I think as, as somebody, if, if you're not really comfortable, like in social situations in general, that doesn't mean there's nothing that you can do. If you just start small, start by, you know just reaching out to somebody and introducing yourself on like Twitter or something, you know, that's, it's a relatively low barrier of entry. You don't have to have a upfront face-to-face conversation right away. And, and if you're not comfortable with even that, then find somewhere where you can contribute, just like make yourself visible and available by the work that you do. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes that approach is good enough Granted, it's just a little bit harder when you're, you know, just passively producing things or passively participating to get that sort of like direct relationship going. So the biggest thing is just do do whatever you feel comfortable with, but like challenge yourself to at least try because most people aren't. Maybe they'll reach out to somebody and send them their resume and they're like, hey, this is me. I would like to work at your company. And, you know, that's that's great and better than nothing. But try to do a little bit more than that. Try to be interested in the person and in the company and in the product. And if you're not, then maybe that's not necessarily the best place for you.
1: That That's totally true. One one part of the corporate research that I point out is, yeah, once you've found these people, you know, what? how do you approach them? And, you know, sometimes that direct approach that we talked about earlier is there. But yeah, you know, you can also send them an email. Hey, I read your blog and I really like this post or... You know, hey, I, I saw that you posted to the uh, users groups forum, and I thought your insight was particularly you know interesting this way or that way. And you can strike up a conversation about code, and then you can move the conversation to where they work and how that all works. And so you know, it it doesn't have to be a direct sort of a cold call sales call. It, yeah, it can happen in stages. You know, you retweet their stuff, you tweet back at them. If you do that enough, people will notice you anyway.
4: Yeah, one of the things I would also encourage people that might be listening, if this kind of the things that we're talking about don't really resonate or they don't feel like you, that's that's okay. If our experiences don't match the experience that you have, that's okay. But be honest with yourself. If you really want a position somewhere, do what you can, but really try. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing that you can do is make sure that you put in more effort than the just people who are applying on their website uh, if you're just applying on a website and just submitting your resume you better have a dag I'm good resume is all I can say do something and that will benefit you over just doing the bare minimum
1: that that's definitely true I do just want to point out though that hiring is a social and emotional decision for the person hiring and so the more personal you can make it the the better chance you have of getting hired yeah, and so sure. if, if you don't have the natural ability to do this or you don't have the the drive to, to go out and do this, even though it might be hard for you, it, it's not going to be as effective as somebody else who actually goes and, and does the, the social relationship building and things like that. But yeah, if you go above and beyond and nobody else does, you put yourself in a much better position than everybody else. Well, I'm just going to let people know you can get the book at getacoderjob.com. I also have a video course that goes with it. So uh, check that out. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do some picks. Uh, Justin, do you have some picks for us? Is your job search stuck? Maybe you're not getting any interviews with employers. Or maybe you are, but no job offers. Or you may be new and not even know where to start. This is Charles Maxwood, and I'm releasing a new course and ebook on how to find a job as a software developer. The course walks you through the process of finding the types of companies you want to work for, getting their attention, and putting your best foot forward as the candidate they want. I've coached dozens of developers in looking for jobs and have been able to help several people find jobs within two weeks to two months. So, whether you're new to development, can't find a great job that fits what you want, or are looking for remote work from an area without a strong tech community, I can help. Go to getacoderjob.com and sign up today.
4: Oh, man. So, I've been working on some documentation stuff at RC, uh, and we've been using DocZ. Which is a documentation generator uh, that uses MDX, which is a way to render React components and markdown files, all the buzzwords, but it's it's a really cool uh, technology and it's it's a lot of fun to work with. Uh, and the other thing, my other pick would be there's a tool called Jasper. Um, so Jasper is now an open source app, but essentially it's an Electron app that helps you manage your GitHub notifications. So if you do a lot of open source work or you're on GitHub a lot, then Jasper can be a real lifesaver. I have currently 800 unread notifications in GitHub and I, there's no way in the world I could go through all of those. So I have like feeds set up to like really filter out things, it's a huge help. And that's, I'll post the links. That's all I got.
1: Awesome.
2: Uh, Lukas, what are your picks? Yeah, Jesse almost gave my pick (laughs) away today. My pick, uh, the last uh, three talks uh, I gave, I built my, uh, my decks using MDX deck, which is a really great tool and it lets you create presentations with just one markdown file and it's actually an mdx file so it's a markdown file that accepts uh, react components so it's really easy to just import stuff so you can it's it's easy to to do like interactive uh, sometimes you want to post like an example of what you're doing in your in your presentation an iframe and stuff it's really straightforward so that's my pick of the day like it's so it's so much uh, productive than actually using the usual presentation building tools. You get like ninety percent of what, what they give with ten percent of the effort. So yeah, that's my pick of the day. Awesome. Natter, what are your picks?
3: My pick is Watermelon DB. It's basically a database or a data store for React and React Native apps that kind of combines the goodness of what you might be used to with something like MobX as far as a uh, in-memory store with a actual persistent persistent store. So you can kind of have observable data that um, is available, and you can kind of like have it available. Like if someone closes the app, you still have it stored there. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. I definitely check it out. It seems to be uh, catching some some fire here lately.
1: Nice. So I'm going to do a couple of picks. I think I'm just going to pick a TV show today and that is the Great British British Baking Show. Which <laughs> is funny cuz I'm on the, a low carb diet, but I love watching them bake stuff. Um so this last week they were doing uh basically pies and um and and that was just fun. The the last week I watched anyway, the whole season's up on Netflix. Uh and they think they've got like 6 seasons up there. So anyway, really enjoy that my kids love watching it too and that's always fun so uh, i'm going to pick that and then i'm also just going to shout out again about get a coder job so if you're looking for a job all of my advice is there so go check it out and uh, yeah we'll wrap it up there and we'll catch everyone next week bandwidth for this segment is provided by cashfly the world's fastest cdn deliver your content fast with cashfly visit dot com to learn more